Prophecy Club. I've got Pastor Dana Coverstone on the phone. I guess he's on Skype with me. This is the guy that has had yeah, 10 or 11 dreams that has shaken America. The thing about his dreams that are different from a lot of the people's dreams is they are calendar dreams, specific things coming this particular month, unless, of course, we pray. And I think that's the whole point. God doesn't want to see these bad things come to us. He's trying to get us to pray, stand in the gap, come against these things, hold the fort, toe the line, and fight, 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 so they don't come to pass. And these dreams have got somewhere between 7 and 11 million views between Facebook and YouTube. So Pastor Dana Coverstone, welcome back to the Prophecy Club. Stan, it's always good to be with you. Appreciate your friendship and your ministry and uh, the encouragement you've been to me during this last six months. So good to be with you again. Yes, sir. You're one of my best friends, and I love you like a brother. And it is my desire to help you any way I can and to spread your word. I know you're hearing from God. I know you have the right heart. So the microphone is yours. What would you like to share? I think I want to just share, first of all, just thanks to everybody who's been praying for me. Uh, not just in the Pentecostal churches, but in the non-Pentecostal churches. I'm hearing from people all around the nation, all around the world that are praying for me, uh, that have, have reached out to me, um, who have just let me know they're praying for me and my family. I've got a prayer thing I'm doing every day now at 7 a.m., and I have a lot of people praying with me from every state in the nation, all around the world. Um, and this has been a daily thing since September 1st, and i uh, been encouraged by many of them to continue doing it, so I have. Um, I've been doing a couple series on on my podcast on podcast uh, one on the the uh, the practical prayer in the spirit where I talk about the baptism of the Holy Spirit, its necessity in the believer's life and how important the gifts are today, and also been doing one on uh, uh, basically you know the coming persecution of the church. But I guess one of the things I want I'd like to take some time to talk about is I've had a lot of folks that have said you know what these dreams did not come true literally and there's a, a lot of things that have. You look at the headlines today with, with COVID. You look at the headlines with hospitalizations. Things are up. One of the things I saw, we didn't have a coin, sh- a coin shortage. We've seen you know a lot of things in the dreams have come to pass in a, in a very, very literal way. And some of those things have been symbolic. And I'd like to remind people. Someone called, you know, emailed me just a couple days ago and said, you know, everything you said did not happen. Literally, therefore, it's not of God and cannot be a dream from God. And my response back to them was, in the book of Genesis, Pharaoh had a dream. And in that dream, seven uh, very, very lean, gaunt, ugly cows, one translation says, ate literally seven very plump, healthy, fat cows. And I asked the guy, did that really happen? Did those uh, lean cows actually eat the fat cows? But I never got a response. And the point was, Joseph, who interpreted dreams, was also a person who had agricultural understanding. He'd been a farmer, and most of his dreams had agricultural symbols. And so when Joseph saw it, he understood it immediately. That's, this means there's going to be seven years of famine, seven years of good. So we've got to take care during the seven years of good. We've got to make sure we have enough, enough grain stored up to take care of the seven years of famine. So in one sense, God warned Pharaoh through a dream to stockpile food to prepare for the future. And I think a lot of people are looking at the dreams and, and saying, well, this didn't happen literally. When the majority of dreams in the Bible are all symbolic, they had a meaning, they had a purpose. And a lot of people forget what those what those are all about. And I just want to kind of highlight a few things about dream interpretation. Now, I'm not a dream interpreter necessarily. I've met some good friends who have. You've done some interpretation on my dreams, and I appreciate everything you've said about them. I think they're spot on. 
there's a lot of people. I, I, I've posted dreams and then had somebody 15 minutes later tell me what that dream means. And I think, you know what? You didn't pray. You've not incubated this thing in prayer at all. I met somebody. His name is Billy Wong a couple weeks ago. Billy Wong is recognized as one of the, most, the world's foremost dream interpreters. He's from Malaysia. He made a statement that really caught my attention. And one of the things he said was, interpretation requires incubation. In other words, if, somebody, if I post a dream and 15 minutes later someone tells me what it means, that means one thing, first of all, they've not prayed about it. They haven't researched and studied the symbols. To make sure that people are interpreting things correctly, they've, they've got to, first of all, have a prayer life. And uh, because, because of that, prayer life is going to mean that's where they're hearing from the Lord. They're spending time in his presence. They've also got to have a knowledge of the word. Um, if you've never read the Bible before and you're trying to interpret a spiritual prophetic dream, you're not going to have a clue because you don't know the word and you're not spending time with the Holy Spirit. So you also have to understand symbols. There's a lot of symbols in my dreams. You also have to be very, very solid theologically. And... Uh, you know, I get a multitude of emails and messages, much like you do, in, in, in the world in which you, you know, minister and things. And I, I see some of the strangest, weirdest, awfulest, worst theology that you can imagine. People who are not rooted and grounded in the Word have all these crazy ideas. If you're going to interpret a dream or even challenge someone theologically, you cannot have a critical spirit. When I have people call me and say they're a Christian, they love the Lord, but they start cussing at me because of a dream that I had, that tells me something about who they really are and what their spirit really is, is composed of and who they're really listening to. They also have to understand confirmation. And I believe that God confirms his word. He makes that very clear. It also says, you know, through the eyes of two or three witnesses, God will confirm, you know, different things for us, in us, and through us. And so those things become a very, very, very important aspect of, of dream interpretation. Because a lot of people in, in, in the spiritual world, in the Christian world, are afraid to use their imaginations. A lot of people who are saying, you know, God doesn't speak through dreams anymore. Well, Acts chapter 2, and if I say that, some will say, well, Acts chapter 2 is not from God because, you know, there's cessation and God doesn't speak through the gifts anymore and God doesn't, there's no apostles and no this and no that. There's just a lot of people flat out that don't want to believe the Bible's God's word and that what the Bible says is going to happen or come to pass is going to happen and come to pass. So when Peter quoted Joel, and he said, In the last days I'll pour my spirit out on all flesh, your sons and daughters will prophesy, young men have visions, old men have dreams. The people that say that wasn't for today, that wasn't God, they are literally denying what God wants to do in the last days. They are literally saying God doesn't keep his word, God doesn't move in the gifts, and God doesn't move in dreams anymore. And that's exactly what Peter said. So we either say, okay, we'll, we'll throw this part out and take another. You know, Thomas Jefferson had made a Bible and he cut all the miracles out. He didn't believe that God was a God that did miracles. And so since a lot of people are saying God doesn't believe in dreams or do dreams anymore, they literally cut that out of the Bible and they throw it away. And so they end up with this Bible that's full of holes and patches uh, just because they don't believe or they choose not to believe that that's what God does. And if Jesus Christ is the same yesterday and today and forever, then I stand, I stand very convinced that God still uses the gifts today Holy Spirit is still at work today, as much as he was in the book of Acts, and that he wants to move in those ways. He wants to, he wants to show himself in the miraculous, in the gifts, the powers, the healings. He wants to show himself through dreams and visions. He wants to show himself through the prophetic word. So it's real easy to you know, attack me. And, you know, people can, you know, I'm, I've got, I'm a big boy. I've got big shoulders. I don't, you know, people can say whatever they want to say about me, and in many cases they have and will continue to. What I know is this, 
we can hear from God today. In 2020, we can hear from God. We can hear his voice. We can know his voice. Jesus even said, the sheep know my voice. Well, the sheep won't know the voice unless they've heard it before. And they understand the, the tenderness and, 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 the, and the firmness in it. So we can hear God's voice. And I believe that God is, is God today, literally. And if he's got dreams for people, I want dreams. If he's got visions for me, I want, I want visions. If he's got a prophetic word for me, I want those prophetic words. And if he's got, if he wants the Spirit to work in my life in many, many ways, then I want the Spirit to work in my life in many, many ways. Because anything else would be denying who he is. And he's a pretty big God. And God also has a way of showing people you know, where they're wrong and how they're wrong and different things over time. But I believe that God really just wants to pour his Spirit out in, in, in these last days. December 18th, I probably had 400 emails, messages, Nothing happened, nothing happened, nothing happened. Joe Biden didn't die. Joe Biden didn't do this. Well, the dream that I had, I saw a casket. I did not see Joe Biden, but I saw a sign above it that had December 17th circled, and it said Democratic presidential candidate. That's all I saw. And as you know, with my dreams, I've done my best to say, here's what I saw and kind of leave it at that. Biden, of course, didn't, didn't die. Nothing happened like that. But I do know that that night, December 17th, Thursday evening, uh, later in the evening, that the Biden transition team was told that they would no longer be getting the presidential daily briefing and some other articles of intelligence, and they weren't really told why. So when that came out, could that be part of it? Well, very much. Well, very well, yes, it could be, because they were saying we don't recognize your authority to give us information, or perhaps the information in those daily briefings was about the Hunter Due to the filters, yes, that was me. Sometimes I've got to just cut out some things, but I think you know what he's saying. Uh, the $400,000 that he had not paid taxes on. It could have been about the emails and, and the laptop. It could have been a lot of things. And sometimes I believe there's, there's going to be moments when we don't know what happened on this certain day, but we look back you know, years from now when information comes out, uh, if the Freedom of Information Act is even still a thing you know, 20 years from now. So who knows what happened that day that we'll never know about for weeks or months or years. But I do believe that was significant when the, when the team was told, hey, we're not going to lets you have access to this information more. I'm going to even go back to the Chinese and the Russian troops in the dream that I saw. Very, very high-level news has been out there in the last week. We've had the Treasury hacked. We've had the Pentagon hacked. We've had the Department of Defense hacked. And even more than that, the Atomic Energy Commission. That website, they were hacked. And that's the group that takes care of our nuclear stockpile, the nuclear football, the nuclear codes, all those things. We also had a congressman in California who is now known, basically, to have been sleeping with a Chinese spy. And this congressman, of all people in the House, was on the House Intelligence Committee. That sure does sound like infiltration to me. They're looking now at governors and mayors all over the country who were literally, and I, I'm going to use this, I'm going to quote this word specifically, literally who were in bed with leaders, governors, congressmen, um, and getting information. We know that Feinstein had someone serving her, a driver who was a spy. So we know those things with, with both the spying and the and the, the news has basically been saying that the Russians are behind all the hacking. So if that does not sound like infiltration some way, I don't know what is. And once again, since dreams are symbolic, those things are not literally going to happen, just like the cows did not literally eat the seven fat cows in the dream that Pharaoh had. In the dream that Nebuchadnezzar saw and Daniel interpreted, that statue was not really a real thing. It was never built. He built something 
a few chapters later, and Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were told to bow down to it, but that thing, the, the word tells us clearly it was made of gold. And the statue that Nebuchadnezzar saw in chapter one or chapter two, uh, head of gold, chest of silver, arm, you know, legs of bronze, and things like that. So a lot of times in dreams they're symbolic, and people really want to go crazy about that and call me a false prophet. And once again, you know, and I know, I've never said I'm a prophet. I've never declared myself to be. And people have said you've you've said some things to me about that, but I I've never declared myself to be a prophet. I've been a dreamer. Well, all right, here, let me let me jump things. in here. I got to say something about that. First of all, I anointed you as an in-the-office prophet. Now, again, I don't give that, but I ask God to give that to you, and I believe he has, and he, he will, and he has. Second thing is people need to understand that, see, they want to think that when a prophet speaks, he is showing them a picture of the future that absolutely positively will come, and if he misses, he's a false prophet. But that is not the heart of God. He doesn't have to go around, show people pictures of the future. His objective is to get people to change the course, to repent, and to turn back to him. And if he can do that and make a Jonah of someone, Jonah was not told, I want you to go tell Nineveh that if they don't repent in 40 days, I'm going to destroy it. He said, I'm going to destroy it in 40 days. But because yeah. of Nineveh's repentance, then he decided to extend it. Let's put it that way. In other words, his heart was not to prove that he could foretell the future. His heart was to get people to repent. It was then. It still is today. And if he can send these pictures to people, that's what it was. It's a warning. These are warnings to America. And I guess I may, maybe need to go ahead and say one more thing. I think that the picture given on December 17th was exactly that. It was a warning, trying to get America to repent and turn around. And I think it was saying that, America, if you do well, then this could happen. In other words, to varying degrees, things in the Biden things start falling apart. I don't, I don't want to say too much there. Um, right. But, <laughs> you know, we got filters and everything. It happened to a degree. And the main thing is we want to see our nation cleaned of this evil, these Moloch and Baal worshipers. We want to see the name of Jesus lifted up. Amen. Amen. And I'll tell you, the biggest thing for me, Stan, has been the people that prayed in September. And I was there in Plano with you in September for that September Psalm Assembly prayer event. We know that Jonathan Kahn and Franklin Graham had things going in Washington. We also know that we, you planned one for October 31st. Um, in uh, in uh, Topeka, Kansas. And I've had several folks that have confirmed to me that the, the times that we prayed have made a difference. But I also know that the dreams have woken a lot of people up. A lot of people are back in church. A lot of people are back serving the Lord. A lot of, a lot of people are back praying. Um, I get more encouragement and more positive support than I do you know, the naysayers. But I'm hearing from people who got their lives back right with the Lord, who said they were in a place of just of darkness, they've walked back to light, they've, they've, asked, they've repented, they've come yeah. full circle from where they were, and the Lord's beginning to you know, change some things and challenge them. Um, and I also know there's a lot of folks that are still you know, mocking me and, and uh, saying all sorts of really interesting things. We have stuff posted on our church page all the time. Uh, the messages that I get are, are still graphic and sometimes very violent, very threatening. But what I know is this, the Lord woke a lot of people up. 
And uh, Amen. I'm grateful to be a part of that. Just Amen. grateful to be a part of that. And uh, I don't know. I still don't know why God chose me. Uh, oh, I do. I'm, I'm still having dreams. I'm still I'm still seeing things that are going on, you know, around me. And uh, but I'm thankful that God's I'm, I'm thankful that God still moves and works in today's world like He does. Do you think God is going to continue to give you any more dreams? And have you had any more dreams that we haven't heard about yet? I have had two more dreams that I know um, have something to do with the future. I'm, I've had them in the last several nights, and I've put them up, uh, praying about them. Just still trying to get a feel for it. They're, they're still involving historical figures, historical, historical time frames. Um, and I still believe they're calling, they're calling the church to pray. The cherry blossom dream that I had and I shared last week, I really believe was about the Lord encouraging the church to continue to fight, to stand strong. Because, Stan, we're, right now we're in a place where if you, mention, if you mention anything about the election and what we think may have happened, you get, it gets deleted. I've had several of my, my prayer videos removed because I've questioned the, uh, the, the, information, the research information done on the vaccination, which is only two or three months. Uh, I've questioned things that have happened because of uh, affidavits signed by people who worked in the polls. And if you just dare question those things, you're censored. And so the, the need for the church to come together and pray for things to continue to be exposed and seen uh, in Washington, D.C., to me is very, very important. Because if, if definitely is our president, takes the oath of office on January 20th, based on our knowledge of, of the kind of person he was both as a senator, as a vice president, because of the things that we know about uh, both as an attorney general and in, in federal you know, in elected office, then we know that there are, there are values that they hold that are di diametrically opposed to the values that I hold as a biblical, a Bible-believing Christian. When righteousness rules, the people, the people rejoice. But tyranny can come out of nowhere. And I believe that with this type of administration, we're going to see a lot more of our freedoms taken, we're going to see a lot more persecution come at a federal level, and we're going to see the First and Second Amendments uh, attempt to be eviscerated and just destroyed. And okay, so, let, let, me, I, let me ask you the big question. Will you read and release your latest dream? It will be probably later this week. Pro maybe, I don't okay, know if by Wednesday or not. Will, will you be willing to release it here on Prophecy Club first? I would be willing to do that, yes. Yes, I would. I most certainly would. Well, I, I would appreciate that. Okay, so you're not ready to release it at this time? No. it's uh, I'm, I'm still, like I said, one of the phrases I heard from Billy Wong was this, interpretation requires incubation. And anytime I have a dream, I get up, I write it down, I pray about it, I walk, I pace it back and forth. I carry that thing like a baby. And uh, and I try, okay, Lord, show me something. You know, what did I miss? Are there details I didn't see? What's this? And I replay it in my mind. I write things down. And then once I've got it all written down, I'll kind of I send it either to Sheree or, or to John um, and have a couple times to you. Um, and so I, because I just want to make sure I get it accurate and right because I know so many people are listening and watching. And, and people, you know, there, there's a whole lot at stake because every time I do this, I put myself out there even more. Which, which I don't mind okay, at now, all. You just, you just made a very I, I important point. I have people that will, say, they will email me and say, yeah, I had a dream. And I say, well, email it to me. Well, they haven't even written it down. I cannot imagine someone getting a dream, if it's really from God, and not getting up right then, 
writing it down. Now, yes, I've got up and I have recorded it, but there's also yep. been times where I thought, well, I'll remember it in the morning when I wake up. And when I got up, I could not remember the dream. So, and I'm going to say this and then I want your comment on it. But I'm going to say, if you did not write your dream down and date it right then, that within a few hours, at least of you wake, waking up, then you didn't think it's from God. You didn't think it was that important. So don't bother telling me about it. In other words, if it's really of God, you respect that dream. You get up and you type it out. And that doesn't mean you type it on your cell phone in one big text block with no periods, no caps, no comments, no commas. It's just a mess. In other words, it means you get up and either you write it out or you type it out and you put respect. You put time into that because that's the word of the Lord. And if you don't do that, don't send it to me. Your comment, please. Yeah, yeah and that's – I can tell when I've had a dream of this from the Lord. And I get up and I type it out. I write it down. I put an audio on my phone. And like I said, I yes. – I, I pray. I pray about. That. I walk that thing. I walk the floor with that thing like it's a baby because I have to own that. Yes. I have to make sure I've heard accurately and clearly. I want to make sure I know what the colors are, the symbols that I saw, those things like that. Because when it comes to dream interpretation, the people that I know that I trust in that arena, they recognize the symbols. They look at the symbols. They understand both the corporate and the individual, the historical background <laughs> of those things. And so, and just just <laughs> as the case is, when you have a dream and you record it, be careful with it. The same thing applies to those that are interpreting those dreams. They need to pray. They need to take it seriously. They need to bounce it off of the word. They need to say, okay, God, what are you saying through this dream? What do these symbols mean? And you think about Daniel's dreams. Daniel had that dream he interpreted for Nebuchadnezzar in chapter 2. Well, what Daniel was seeing was the big picture of the, of the minute detail he was going to get later on in visions and dreams from God. When he saw Alexander the Great, when he saw the division to the four generals. Uh, when he saw Antiochus Epiphanes, you know. Um, so when, when the people, when Daniel interpreted, he even said, I don't understand these things. Daniel said he got sick. He laid on the floor. He was pale. He couldn't eat for days. And, and then an angel shows up and says, I would have been here sooner, but the prince of Persia opposed me. And the context of those things was there was information that Daniel wanted, desired, and needed, but he couldn't get through. So even Daniel struggled to understand the things that he saw, just as I'm sure that John the Revelator struggle with the things that he saw to figure out how to write this down and these words and and there's a lot of words in the book of revelation that are they're only used one time in that book because of the mysterious nature when i when i prayed this morning i had a lady who prays with me from phoenix arizona and she sent me a message and it basically said this pastor Dana, why does why does god speak through mysteries and symbols and she said you know i've got kids I, if i want my kids to do something i give them the clear instruction here's what you do she said so why does god speak to us in questions and symbols. And my first answer, my first thought was, well, Ephesians chapter 3, uh, Paul says, well, the, the, mystery, the mystery of the gospel is for the Gentiles, you know. But then we also know that when God speaks in mysteries and, 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 and riddles and things like that, it makes you think about it. It forces you to your knees. It, it, it forces you to, to sharpen and hone your, your thoughts, your prayer life. It makes you spend more time in the Word, more time in His presence. And it makes you say, okay, God, I want to know what this means. And I've always lived by one principle, and that is this. Questions are like door handles. And those door handles, when you open a door, that's a question. It opens, in, it, op it opens up a door into a whole new room of information, 
knowledge, understanding, a place where you can understand what those mysteries may mean, and you may not understand all what they mean. But every question opens the door. And so when we ask questions and go to the Word, God begins to show us because we've opened that door and we've walked in. God, so, so God, why, why does this symbol mean so much in this dream? You, you open that door. You start looking at history. You start looking at things around the world, around the nations. You see what, what this meant when, when that thing, like the cherry blossom dream. I didn't realize there had been a cherry blossom rebellion where women actually chained themselves to the cherry blossom trees in, in 1938 in Washington, D.C., because they were concerned about a Jefferson Memorial. I'd never heard that. I'm a student of history. I love American history. I've studied all my life, but I do not had never heard that story. And neither had Sheree, neither had John. But once we found that, it was like, wait, they had changed. They changed themselves to the trees. So then we start looking at the chains and the symbols and, and those things that happened. And well, why did those women rebel? What were they upset about? Okay, let me let me jump so, in and make a comment before you get too far down the line. And then I want to go back to that dream and talk about it. You remember in Jesus giving the parable of the sower. Afterwards, the disciples said, Why speakest thou unto them in parables? He said, Because yep. it is given unto you to know the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven, but to them it is not given. I think the reason he is speaking to you in these dreams the way he's speaking is because to those people that are saved, know their Bible, know their Bible prophecy, that are honestly looking for the return of Jesus, they have enough information and God will give them the mysteries of the kingdom. He will show them and help them understand it. But to the average person, it's gibberish. This was so good, and it kept going for so long. I just went into another broadcast. I'm going to interrupt right there, but we're going to continue this broadcast tomorrow. If your heart is with us, I'm asking you to become a member. Actually state before God that you are with our vision to win thousands upon thousands of souls, to teach prophecy and walk in sevenfold miracles, to be a blessing and give answers in the time of trouble. If this is your heart, go to prophecyclub.com and click on membership. Only takes 90 seconds. This will help us to get a loan for an office and a church to do the work of the ministry. Prophecyclub.com. In 2017, I memorized the book of Revelation. I was shown a secret door linking the feasts to the prophecies of Revelation. For the first time, the book of Revelation can be put in correct chronological order. You can understand Bible prophecy. We offer them in shrink wrap sets of five. One for 20, but don't do that. Five for 35 or 10 for 60. What is the most important information to every beating heart on the globe? After except Jesus, it would be don't take the mark of the beast. Those taking the mark of the beast do not get soul death, but are tormented in the lake of fire and brimstone for eternity. How do you tell them? Give them, miss the mark. We offer them in shrink wrap sets of 10. One for 20, 10 for 30, and 20 for 50 at prophecyclub.com. Over the past 32 years, I've collected the best 101 prophecies from Demetri Dudeman, Michael Boldea, Leslie Johnson, Henry Gruber, Shane Warren, Terry Bennett, Marie Sklar, Augusto Perez, Doug Metzger, and more. It's called God's Warnings for America. We offer them in shrink wrap sets of five. One for 20, but don't do that. Five for 35 or 10 for 60. My new book is called Tribulation Secrets in Daniel because that's what it does. It shows you the part of Daniel you need to know, being you're about to be a tribulation saint, and will desperately need to know and understand about the last days you live in. We offer them in shrink wrap sets of 10. One for 20, 10 for 30, and 20 for 50 at 
prophecyclub.com. In How Pre-Trib 1, I expose the dirty little secrets pastors don't want you to know, which is why sometimes they can't preach the truth, especially about the rapture. Then, using the secret door, I explain the truth about the rapture and rebut. Then, I rebut 25 claims pre-tribbers use to prove pre-trib. You'll finally know the truth about the rapture. We offer it in shrink wrap sets of 10. One for 20, but don't do that. 10 for 30, 20 for 50 at prophecyclub.com. That's prophecyclub.com. CornerstoneAssetMetals.com is owned by a prophecy student who reads his King James Bible and supports Prophecy Club. Call CornerstoneAssetMetals.com for gold, silver, palladium, rhodium bars, or coins that can help you roll over your IRA, 401k. So tell CornerstoneAssetMetals.com Prophecy Club sent you. The easiest way to listen and watch Prophecy Club YouTube videos is to download our free app from the App Store. This is not to be confused with WatchProphecyClub.com, where you can watch 26 years and over 300 DVDs for a subscription of $20 a month or $200 a year. The app allows you to watch our YouTube videos and listen to our radio programs very easily. Go check it out at your app store. You can have instant access to over 200 titles on a recurring monthly subscription of $20 or yearly for $200 at WatchProphecyClub.com.